Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. Three years. My goodness, you guys. We're a toddler. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they, they, they were telling me about all the things that they had done in the last three years of their life. And I was kind of like, did three years just happen? You know, people ask, does it feel like three years? And I'm like, really, it kind of feels like one, because we were crazy enough to plant a church in the middle of COVID. And that was kind of a wash into 2021. And everybody's still waking up in 2021. And it really kind of feels like it's been one year. But in some respects, it also feels like it's been three decades, you know? <laughs> so we're so grateful. Guys, you, you're a toddler now. We're, we're testing our boundaries a little bit. We're learning better obedience as a toddler, right? May, may have a little bit of snotty nose and some dirty diapers here and there, but overall, life is good for the toddler of Authentic Church. And uh, like my wife said, if you're new to this place, we'd love to love to stay in touch with you our um, our heartbeat here, the vision of this house is that this really would be a place where you would encounter God, that you would discover community, that you would fulfill the call of God that's on your life. That's the vision of this place. And our, our desire is to help you grow in these areas. And it's our joy as a pastor that as you encounter God, as you discover community, as you grow in the fulfilling of the calling that's on your life, it's our joy that we get to be in the front row of all that God has in your life. And so we're so glad that you're here. Um, you know, one of the one of the uh, things at Authentic Church we have, I don't know if you've seen it yet, we have a culture card. And on the culture card, there's some different distinctives of the culture card. It has our, our mission, our vision, has a little bit of the authentic attributes, which we would call kind of like a unique characteristic of our church, if you will. And then we have leadership standards on there. The leadership standards are just for everybody to know, like if you're a leader in this house, this is the level of expectation. And then on the backside, we have what we call our core values. What's a core value? Simply put, a core value is this. If you cut us, this is what we bleed. Like our family, we have core values in our family, and we have core values in our family of God in the church. And one of the values that we have, the value that we're leaning into in the month of September is the value honor. And I think we have a slide. We'll put that up. Honor is heaven's value. We believe that honor is the gateway that brings heaven to earth. Honoring God and each other is not optional. When we live a life of honor, we protect unity and create safe spaces for growth and honesty. Honor is not optional. It's who we are. And we actually take joy in honor. And you know, when we planted Authentic Church three years ago, we were so grateful that the Lord synced us up with what we call our parent church. And you've heard me talk about the Father's house up in Vacaville. And we're blessed today to be able to have our good friends, pastors, counselors in our lives. Sometimes they're a shoulder to cry on. Usually they're a shoulder that encourages us. And that's pastors Mark and Brenda Sliger in the front row. And I know like a lot of churches, anytime you have guests, you know, they do the customary thing where that's like, hey, let's honor the guests. Really in our hearts, we really do truly honor you. Like, I don't know if we would be here today <laughs> if it wasn't for you, if it wasn't for your words, if it wasn't for your investment, if it wasn't for your encouragement. So we sincerely honor you and we thank you. Thank you for being in the house today with us. Well, we're going to get into the word today. How many of you want to get the word of God in your hearts, right? That's the key. I think, I think that's one of the things that God is passionate about is getting the word in your heart. David said, I've hidden the word in my heart. Why? So that I won't sin. It's one thing. If you get the word in your head, you're just getting a really cool history lesson. But when it goes from your head to your heart, man, that, that you, when it goes to your heart, that's where life transformation happens. When, when it goes from your head to your heart, you have that revelation, things come alive, you receive an impartation, and you begin to see things in your life begin to transform. Because if it's in your heart, you can take it home with you. If it's in your head, it was just a good Sunday. You kind of grade the preacher. I mean, we all do it, right? You kind of grade the preacher, you grade how worship was. When, but when you're focused on getting it into your heart, 
then, then your worship, your position, your leaning in, your listening. It's not like I'm here to grade something. I'm not a consumer. No, I'm here to worship him and I'm here for him to impart things to me. So let's get the word of God in our hearts. I'm going to pray and then we're going to jump into the word of God today. Father, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you that your word is a life to us. God, it's a light to our path. You direct our steps. God, I pray for the preaching of the word today and all that's going to be shared on our three-year anniversary. God, I pray for vision to hit our hearts and our minds. God, I pray that there would be things inside of us that would be awakened. I pray that there would be an awakening to the things of you, things that maybe have been dormant in this room. I just speak life. Come alive right now in Jesus' name. Things things where it felt like dead religion, I speak that it's coming to life in Jesus' name, that there's going to be a newness of life. There's going to be a freshness when you walk out of here today. I pray for a move of the Holy Spirit in this room. And God, nobody came to hear a man speak. We all came to hear you speak. So we're asking, Lord, speak. Your servants, your children have gathered to listen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Mark chapter 12. I'm just going to read a few scriptures. This is going to be a, a fairly simple word today, but sometimes the simple things are the most profound. Sometimes I don't need to be reminded of the most complex and deep things. Sometimes I just need to be reminded of really some good, simple truths that I can put into practice. And that's our heart today. So we're going to share some things. We're going to share some scriptures. We're going to take a look at some application. And then today I'm going to share with you some of the vision of what we're reaching for in Authentic Church. Mark chapter 12, verse 30. I'm going to give you the backstory to this. Jesus is having a conversation with some guys. This is Tuesday leading up to what would be Passover, Holy Week, where he would die on the cross. And he's having a conversation with some of the teachers of their day. And one of them says, hey, teacher, what's the greatest commandment? He was a teacher of the law, a Pharisee. And, the, and Jesus says to him, he says, the greatest commandment? He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and with all your strength. Can we say that together? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all of your strength. And then he says this, the second is this, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment that's greater than these. No greater commandment, Jesus is saying. At that time when he's speaking to them, the, if you if if you were a very religious Jew, you were observing at that time over six hundred different commandments. That's a lot to keep track of. Like they they took God's ten and they expanded it, right? Like the classic preacher, they take a little bit and they expound it, right? So so they took the 10 that God gave them, they expounded it into all these different rules. And now people will be beginning to follow God with their heads, but they weren't really following him with their hearts. And Jesus came to see, he came to do heart surgery, he came to realign those things. He said, no, the, the greatest is these, love God and love people. Love God and love people. And the more we love God, the more you'll have a heart to love people. Ever find a day, maybe you go without prayer. I know you've never done it, but there's times where I got up in the morning and things got busy or kids and life and what have you. And I started my day unexpectedly doing things. And it's like, oh man, my prayer time, my, I didn't have my God encounter today. I'm telling you, I'm off on those days. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't love the guy on the freeway that just cut me off. <laughs> like, like, like I'm stomping on the gas to get around that fool. You know what I mean? Like, like it's, it's hard sometimes to really love people if you don't first really have that heart where, man, you've loved God and he's loved you. And so Jesus is boiling it down. He's saying, love God, love God. And I want you to love people. And for our church, you know, whatever you're built by, whatever an organization, a business company, whatever, whatever it's built by, it will need to be maintained by. In our church, we were built on this principle, loving God and loving people. Like there's a lot of things we can do as a church. There's a lot of great churches in Orange County that do amazing things. But loving God and loving people has to be the baseline foundation for every thing we do. 
I had somebody ask us when we moved into town, there was another pastor and he was like, I think it's great that you're starting a church. And, uh, I, I, I gotta, gotta tell you though, I just don't think Orange County needs another church. It's like the Bible belt of Southern California and kind of laughed, you know, and, 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 and my thought was, man, well, my heart breaks for the 3 million people that aren't going to church today. So if this is the Bible belt, it's time to get a new belt because that one ain't working. You know, it ain't working. I don't know that Orange County needed another church, maybe just a different kind of church. And we, in our humility and with all of our own areas where we didn't maybe quote unquote measure up, we just simply said yes said yes to God on this crazy journey, led us all the way out here and led us to meet you incredible people, loving God, loving people. When Jesus actually makes that statement, he's, he's quoting to them a very well-known passage of scripture. They weren't, they, it's not like, wow, Jesus, we've never heard this before. No, they had heard what Jesus just quoted. They'd heard it many times. In fact, it was part of their daily prayer ritual. They have, if you read Deuteronomy chapter six, you have what's known as the Shema. It's, 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 it's the prayer for every Jewish person. They, they would pray it in the morning and then they would pray it at night. And in that prayer, they actually pray these words that Jesus said. So he's, he's in some way, Jesus is kind of being fun with them and, and pointing out like you, you, you pray a lot of prayers, but do you really love God? And do you really love people? You, you pray this every morning and every night, but are you really like living it? Is it just a head thing or do you really, is it your heart? Is your heart into it? And so Jesus calls him out on that. He says, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and with all your strength. I, 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 I love the, the comedy of Christ. Like, I, I feel like walking, the longer I walk with God, the more I see the sense of humor that God has. In my life, some of you heard the stories. I know there's some new faces in the room today, and some of you may have not. But I was raised Catholic, grew up in a Catholic home, Irish Catholics, go Notre Dame. And, uh, and so uh, growing up, you know, I knew about God, but I didn't really know God. And so I started down a path in high school that led to uh, doing things out of my own insecurities that led to me actually fathering a child outside of wedlock not what my parents had written down and their goals for Jeff's life. <laughs> and at that moment, I felt so much shame. I felt like a huge disappointment. I felt like I let everybody down, uh, that they thought I was this perfect little choir boy, Catholic <laughs> altar kid, you know, <laughs> and I was not. And suddenly it's like the curtain just came open in every area of my life. And I felt alone. And I didn't have a relationship with God. And I remember having somebody that was, he was a college student, a family friend of ours, and he happened to be home for the summer. And he said, hey, I, I want to invite you to this Christian concert, this worship thing. It's, I'm like, what is it? He goes, it's like Woodstock, only for Christians. It's a three-day music festival over in eastern Washington, the Gorge at George. And so we went to the Gorge at George Washington for a festival called Creation Fest. And I would go there, and it was there in that moment in an atmosphere of worship like you've experienced this morning on a bigger stage that I had an encounter with God. And he came real to me in a church that I was kind of going to, when I say kind of going to, like I'd show up on Sunday, I look good. I smell good, but everybody knew, man, this guy is, he has no idea what he's doing. Like I'm just trying to figure out my life. And so I would just kind of tiptoe in and out of the church. I'd come in late. I'd leave early, all that stuff. I came back after that encounter with God and I got a meeting with the pastor and I just basically threw up on him and told him my whole story and all my junk and all my issues and I'm like, but now I'm serving Jesus. And he's, and he's like, awesome. I said, so I need your help. So he literally took out an old Sunday school felt board, put it up in his office and began to teach me what happened in my salvation experience and the atonement and the work of Christ in my life. And suddenly things began to come alive. And he explained them to me in simple terms that I could understand. And that man had a family of his own, but he treated me like a son. And I just thought, you know what? I will spend the rest of my life doing for one person what that guy did for me. 
So I did that. And I started working with youth and was raised up there in that house and, and became a youth pastor. And, and then there was a name on a prayer card. The name on a prayer card was this, this roommate of a girl that was going to our church. And she said, you need to pray for my roommate. She's really into partying. She's into drinking. She's into drugs. She's so lost. I don't know if God could ever save her. And I said, let's pray for her. What's her name? And she said, her name is Fawn. And I would be prompted in the middle of my workday, honest to God, I'd be sitting there in my workday and I'd feel this impression, pray for Fawn. I'm like, I've never met her. Like, uh, you know, and this is before you could Instagram stalk somebody. Like, you know, it was like, you know, I don't even know, MySpace wasn't even that cool back then, right? You know, and so I would literally at my work, in my workstation, in my cubicle, I would get down on my knees and I would just pray and call on, uh, call on the name of the Lord and I'd pray for this girl Fawn to come to know Jesus. And when didn't you know, a few weeks later, she did. She came to know Christ and she's been my best disciple ever, ever, ever. My best disciple. My favorite one. The only disciple I get to kiss. We don't greet with holy kisses in this church. I don't know how you guys do at the Father's house. We don't do the holy kiss thing, but, uh, but I give a holy kiss to fun. And the buddy, my buddy that, that led me to Christ and, and, and helped facilitate that over at the, the Christian Woodstock Festival, he, he would leave and he would go back to college the college that he went to was Vanguard University. And I would fly down for work, working in business, youth pastoring on the side, et cetera. I would fly down for work and I'd stay in Anaheim, but I would, I would purposely extend my trip to fly out on Sunday night to go back home to Seattle rather than flying out Friday night after the work week so that I could hang out with my buddy who helped lead me to the Lord. And so I would be here at Vanguard University, walking across this campus, hanging out with the dudes, having worship nights, chilling, having a, just a blast with all the college students. No idea that 20 years later, I would walk onto this campus as a pastor planting a church and then be given the opportunity to meet with our church in this building right here. God has a sense of humor. And just like that story, you have places in your story too, like Ebenezer's. There's, there's, there's these monuments, there's these holy moments where you can look back and you thought, I was just going about my life. And God's like, no, no, no. I was actually leading your life. You, you were making your plans, but I was ordering those steps that you were taking. So fast forward, life, family, business, Fawn and I were serving, we're associate pastors at a great church uh, in Seattle, Washington that planted down in uh, Ventura, California. So we were there and we had some business opportunities that took us to Texas and I'm in Texas. And during that time, I'll never forget it. I remember it like it was yesterday, January 23rd, about 1030 at night, cold night in Texas, storming outside. I'm sitting in front of my fireplace and I'm just having God time. I'm reading the Bible. I'm encountering God and the Lord begins to speak to me. And when I say the Lord speaks to me, I don't say that lightly. He spoke to me and he said, there is a season coming upon the church, big C, that would be forever known as the great harvest. And when he said that, it was like he put it in quotes, the great harvest. And then he said that no longer would revival and resources come from the Midwest out, but from the coastal regions in. He said, I'm establishing beachheads along the coastal regions of the United States now, here's where it got really intense. The Lord said, would you take up a beachhead? And it's kind of like when the general says, hey, private, can you go over there? I want, you to, I want you to dig a trench right there. The private could theoretically say no <laughs> to the general. But he would be AWOL very quick. Like, he, 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 you know, you don't, you don't disobey his orders if you're going to continue to be in the army. And I just felt like, Lord, I'll do anything for you. And so we submitted that word to pastors and leaders in our lives. And what they didn't know is that our, 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 our agreement behind the scenes was it was, it was kind of like the fleece. We were like, if they don't all come back and tell us that this is God, then we're walking away from this because you got to be crazy to plant a church. Like, Lord, do, do you know how much pressure comes with planting a church? Like, so I'm like, okay. So we submitted it to everybody and they all came back within a week. They were like, this is God. The time is now. You need to do it. So we're like, okay, let's go. So we started the process and long story short, we moved out here in 2019, right before COVID. Praise God. 
So we got here right before the world shut down. So we come to plant a church to meet people that we've never met. And we can't meet anybody because everybody's hiding behind masks and they're sitting in their houses. So we're like, Lord, what are we going to do? And we had some friends that invited us. They said, hey, uh, we're going to go do this worship night in June. If you guys want to go, we're just going to meet down at Huntington Beach at Tower 20. I'm like, yes, I would love to see some other humans and worship with them. Leading up to that worship night, we had no idea, but uh, Governor Newsom was busy in his office and he created a, a mandate, a decree came out from, from Caesar Augustus. There was, there was a mandate that got pushed out and that mandate was that you can no longer sing in churches. It was in June of 2020. I know it's so hard to remember. It feels like it was a decade ago. It wasn't. <laughs> and you can no longer sing at churches. And so the little worship night we were going to have exploded with all these Christians come and saying like, we can sing in church. You know, we're going to worship. We're going to worship God at Huntington, you know, Tower 20. And so, so, we, so we went down there. We literally gathered with a thousand people. And then the next week there was more. And when we would gather... Uh, somebody would somebody be playing a guitar and we'd be, be worshiping and singing and having a good time. And then somebody, when it felt like the moment was right, they would get up and kind of stand up amongst the crowd and just share their testimony over a bullhorn at a beach. And they'd say, if you want to give your life to Jesus, all you have to do is call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. Ask him to forgive you of all the sins of everything you've ever done. Repent, turn and follow him. But it didn't stop there. Kind of our battle cry was God never called you to just pray a prayer. He called you to be a sold out follower of Christ, that you would make him his, your Lord. And so today, if you've made Jesus your Lord, we're going to go down to the beach and we're going to baptize you right now in the Pacific Ocean, the coolest baptismal tank ever assembled. And so we would turn and start walking down and people would walk out to the beach and we would baptize them. And the rule of thumb was, if you're a pastor or a leader and you get in the water to baptize somebody, you better clear your schedule tomorrow because you are meeting with them for coffee. You are inviting them to your house. You're going to serve them a meal at your table and you are going to give them a Bible and you're going to disciple them. No nonsense, real Christian stuff. And there was a young man that I met there that was lost, dealing with drugs, and different addictions. And he came and he gave his life to Christ. And I happened to be the one blessed to baptize him there that night in the ocean. It was beautiful. And then I invited him to our house and began to teach him the Bible and the things of God. And uh, I'm just so blessed to see him here in the room today. Zach, good to see you, my friend. I love you. That's... If you could eavesdrop on a conversation that God has with a prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter one, he says this, he says, uh, before I formed you, I knew you. Everything in creation, God spoke into existence, but you. To you, he created you. He breathed into you. That's one of the beautiful things about worship is that in worship, you're just, you're breathing out. When you're singing, you're breathing out what he's breathed into you. When you worship him, Jesus before he left the earth, he, he grabs his disciples and there's this kind of odd scene and he, he grabs them together and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. And he breathes on them. If you know anything about verb tenses and the word receive, you know that that's really not a word. The word is sieve and you read sieve. So sieve is something that you have. You've been given. The Holy Spirit was there at creation at the beginning of time, when God created the heavens and the earth, the Spirit was hovering over, the, the Holy Spirit was there. Adam and Eve, they were in the garden. They fumbled the ball, so to speak, gave it to Satan. And in their sin, they drove out the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is a Holy Spirit. And so when Jesus came and he said, receive the Holy Spirit, is because he was bringing back to humanity, the spirit of God that was always there, that was always the plan for you and I to encounter God, to walk with him, to talk with him, to live with him, encountering the Holy Spirit. And our prayer is that every time we gather, we, we, we say it like this, Holy Spirit, we don't just give you some room in our service. We don't just make room for you. We just, we give you the whole room. We give you the whole service. We just want to honor you with every aspect of our lives. 
So Authentic Church started, and we've been going now for for a few years. We 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 started in our uh, at the park and 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 Teewinkle Park, which is located just a crow as the crow flies, not even a half a mile from this place, right on the other side of the Orange County Fairgrounds. Group of people that were just wanting to get together, worship, read the word, pray for one another, take communion together, just be in the body of Christ. And some of you were there at that first gathering. You were there when that crazy dog that was tied up to somebody's lawn chair saw a squirrel and took off and took the lawn chair with her all the way down, practically taking out the first row of people that were worshiping. You were there in that crazy moment. You, you were there when the, the police showed up three Sundays in a row and it wasn't because of my preaching. <laughs> you, were, <laughs> you were there. And then we would move from the park and we'd move into Hilton Hotel, which is located just about a mile away off of uh, Bristol in Costa Mesa. The Hilton Hotel there, we, we went there and they're like, hey, nobody's staying here. Nobody's meeting here. We'd love to have you guys. And we have plen- plenty of meeting space. We meet the code because we have a, over 100,000 square feet of meeting space. So you can take any ballroom that you want. <laughs> so we got a great little ballroom and they charged us 300 bucks a month. Can you believe that, Pastor Mark? Every church planter needs a place like that. <laughs> so we started in this ballroom and, and we would buy a few speakers and then, then we'd get some more stuff. And then we were like, well, nobody knows some of the words to these songs. We have all these new people. We should probably buy some TVs. So then it was Black Friday special before the end of 2020. Uh, and so we said, hey, let's get a bunch of TVs. So we got some TVs so people could actually see the words that they were trying to sing. So then, it, you know, not too much Christian karaoke, but we tried to help people out, you know. And so we started there. We were in that hotel. We were actually there for seven months to the Sunday. Exactly, seven months to the Sunday. And then God opened up the doors on Pentecost Sunday, 2021, for us to take this place here in Needham Chapel where you sit today. Amen. And this year, we've been stewarding a word that God gave us, and the, and the word was foundations. Foundations that we're building unshakable faith. Because we know that in the last days, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And as your pastor, I don't want you to be shaken. So we started the year on foundations, and, and we took you through a, a different sequence of things. We, I don't know if you picked up on what we were doing, but we began teaching you just the basic doctrine of God. Who is he? Who is God? What is God? There's a lot of talk about a God, a being, a spirit. Who is God? And so we taught on the doctrine of God. And then we, we went into the canonization of scriptures. And we taught you on the validity of the Bible. That it's the word of God that you can stand strong on it. That the promises that you read about weren't just promises for then. They're promises for now. And then we got into the doctrine of atonement. That was a big one to unpack, (laughs) which led us into Easter and sin and forgiveness and what Christ did on the cross for us. And then after we got through the doctrine of atonement into the doctrine of salvation, it was all about Jesus. And that led up to Easter Sunday, incredible moments. After Easter Sunday, we began down the path of teaching on baptisms, and we taught about the three different baptisms. You're baptized into the church. You're baptized in water. You're baptized in the Holy Spirit. And we shared how it's the Holy Spirit that baptizes you into the church. It's a disciple who baptizes you into water, but it's Jesus who baptizes you in the Holy Spirit. And then after that, all summer long, we did a seven-week series on the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. And we just spent time unpacking that. We answered a lot of questions that people had. We, we dismissed some of the, the rumors, if you will, or, or different doctrines or theology, weird thoughts that people had had on the beauty of the person, the power and the purpose of the Holy Spirit. And then most recently, we've been talking about mountains and valleys, really applicable, navigating the mountains and the valleys. If you don't understand which season of life you're in, you're going to miss what God has for you in that season because you're too busy looking to the next. Mountaintops is where you receive that revelation, but the valley is where you're slaying the giants. Mountaintop, you receive receive the vision. In the valleys, you're on a mission. And so we've been unpacking that. And and I just want to share a few things with you today. 
And what we're doing, the, the, the thought behind it, is we want to build what I'm calling a three-year initiative. A three-year initiative. Three is significant in the Bible. Obviously, God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Jesus spent three and a half years with his disciples. He felt that he needed to spend three and a half years with them to get them to the point where they could now carry the mantle of continuing on the work that he started in them. Three and a half years. Paul stayed in Damascus for three years. There's significance with the number number three. In fact, Paul in um, in the book of Acts chapter 20, he's telling the Ephesian church, he spent a bunch of time with them and he share, shares this. He says, I testify to you this day that I'm innocent of, of the blood of all, for I did not shrink back from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Can we say that? The whole counsel of God. So he spent time teaching them the whole counsel of God. What was Jesus doing for three and a half years? Walking, talking, doing miracles, sitting around a fire, camping out with a bunch of teenagers, Jesus, the first youth pastor, hanging out with the boys, What was he doing? He was teaching them the whole counsel of God. So we feel a stirring in our spirits to begin a three-year initiative that we're going to begin this coming year, where in the next three years, if you started with us on day one in January, in the course of three and a half years, our heartbeat, our goal is to see that you understand the full counsel of God, that you are in a place as a leader raised up in this house where you could carry the mantle of ministry and actually see lives be changed through you. The three-year initiative. John 21, verse 11, it's an awesome moment. Jesus, is, Jesus has been res, he's resurrected. He's appeared to a bunch of different people, and he shows up at the shore watching his boys out there in the fishing boat, and he's like, what are they doing? So Jesus goes, and he yells out to them and, and, and says, come to the shore, and they do. And when they get to the shore, it says, Simon Peter goes back into the boat, and he drags the net ashore, and it was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Why did I underline that? My question is, why does God tell us there's 153 fish in the boat? Anytime you see some things that kind of stand out to you, usually it's the Holy Spirit going, dig. I'm putting an X here. I want you to dig. There's treasure. Jesus spent three and a half years with his disciples, preparing them for this moment where he was going to leave in their hands the church and the mission, and he was going to go away. Three and a half years. The fish, it was not about the fish. The 153 is the representation. What do the what does 153 fish represent? So if you were a good joy, Jewish boy growing up in that area or a good Jewish girl, you would grow up and in your synagogue you would go to and every single week they would teach you a different part of the Torah, the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, okay? So they would teach you the Torah and they would take time to teach you the Torah because they didn't want to rush it and have you miss it. They, they, they didn't want you to read your Bible plan, so you go, check mark, I got it done in 15 minutes today. Good God, I'm awesome. I'm going to go out and change the world. No, he wanted to sit and receive what we want to share with you. So over the course of three and a half years, the rabbis and the teachers, they would teach you the Torah, and they would take their time with it. But they had a strategy in how they were going to teach you and train you, and then after three and a half years, they would begin back at Genesis and they would begin to teach that and train you in that and they would get through it and then they would go back to Genesis. Every three and a half years, you were getting the counsel of God. So Jesus spent that time with his disciples, three and a half years, unpacking that. Guess how many sections they broke up their teachings into over three and a half years? 153. They would break the sections up into 153 focused areas of study so that over the course of three and a half years, you were getting it. So we just feel like this is the wisdom of God that we should do the same. (laughs) So over the course of three years with our three-year initiative, our goal is that if you don't know God, you're going to know God. You're going to find him. You're going to experience freedom in your life. You're going to understand how to read the Bible. You're going to know what the word of God says You're going to encounter God in incredible ways. 
And, and our, our, our heart is that you would also begin to be raised up in leading in some capacity in this house. You know, in Orange County, people said, welcome to Orange County. I had pastors tell me, wave is the circus as it goes by. Everybody just transplant and skips churches. And I'm like, okay, why is that? If that's the case, if people just kind of church hop, why do they do that? Why is that the case? And I, I, and I, and I, and I love the pastor that told me that and made that funny comment, but I'm not going to partner with the word from a man. I'm going to partner with the word from God. And the word of God says that those that are planted in the house will flourish. I wonder if we would have more flourishing in the Bible belt if we had more people that were planted in the house. So we're planted in the house, believing that we're going to flourish. Proverbs chapter 3 says this, Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and of man. So I want to share with you one of the gifts that we have, one of the resources that we're working on putting together that helps you understand the whole counsel of God is going to be what we're calling our Connect platform, AC Connect. On AC Connect, you're going to be able to go in there. You can't do it today. It's not live yet. This is what we're, we're going to, we're going to be launching this here before the end of the year. Okay. It's not live yet, but you're going to be able to go on there and you're going to be able to put your name and information in there. And then with it, you're going to be, fill out some information and you're going to take a, an encountering God assessment. And with that encountering God assessment, you're going to be able to understand not only how you encounter God, but you're also going to understand your spiritual gifts. We can go to the next slide. And then when you're done, you're going to get what we are calling a ministry plan. And in the ministry plan, you're going to have your assessments. You're going to understand how you connect with God. What are some ways that you're wired to connect with God? Too many times in my Christian life, I tried to connect with God the way Pastor Wendell connected with God. 4 a.m., standing over a bathtub. Not, he's not going to sit. He's not going to get in the shower until he's done reading his word of God. Just crazy stuff like that. I tried to connect with God different ways that pastors and leaders taught me. But this assessment is going to help you unpack how you connect with God the way that God's designed you. Everybody's different and people connect with God in different ways. And then you're also gonna have a spiritual gifts assessment, your spiritual gifts test. Sometimes you wonder, I kind of have these intuitions or I have discernment about things. That's, that's spiritual giftedness. That's your gift at work. And so we're gonna help unpack the spiritual gifts on your life. And then there's gonna be a personal assessment, just some questions about you. And, at the, and, and, and when you fill that out and when you do that, we're actually going to set up a time where we're going to get to know you. We're going to have a cup of coffee with you one-on-one. -on -one. We're going to meet with you, hear your story, and we're going to pray with you and we're going to prophesy over you, believing that God is bringing you in and planting you in this house that you'll be able to flourish. So the Connect platform is going to help you connect with God and his church. The next thing that we're going to be doing with that Connect platform is helping you get integrated to the culture of authentic church. Every, every church has its own culture, DNA. It, it's a family. My family, we have certain traditions. We have certain things we do. We have some things that are kind of weird to other people. We have some things that are really fun. Same with church culture. Like, hopefully not too much weird things. But <laughs> same with church. We want to help you understand, like, hey, what we're all about. That's why I referenced the culture card earlier today. Like, we wanted you to know, like, this is the family of God that you're signing up for. But when you sign up for it, so you know, my shield is your shield. If I'm your pastor, I'm your pastor. I'm going to come and fight for you. I'm going to, my shield is going to be next to you going through whatever battle you may be facing in life. If you're crying, I'm crying. This past week, we had a beautiful time as there was a new baby that was born into the authentic family. It's awesome. On Labor Day of all days. And then two days later, we lost a baby. Not the same one, not the same baby, a different family. We celebrated on Monday. We mourned on Wednesday. And in some respects, we're kind of still mourning, if I'm honest with you this morning. But we're going to walk with you. No matter what mountain you face, no matter what valley you go through, we're going to walk with you. Matthew 20, verse 28, Jesus, speaking of himself, he says this. He says, the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve. So it's our joy to serve. 
but not just us. We believe everybody in the body of Christ should serve because if we're going to be more like Christ, then we're going to be able to not just take on attributes, but we're going to be able to model the lifestyle that Christ lived, which includes serving. So I want to give you a few testimonies of some people that encountered God in this house that because you love God, because you love people, this, these families, these individuals have encountered God in a fresh way. And the first family that I'm going to highlight is Min and Hannah and their little baby Egan, who's so delicious. Min and Hannah were newlyweds when they came to Authentic Church, and they had moved down here from Los Angeles. They were part of a Korean church in Los Angeles, and they loved it. It was life-giving, incredible. But at the Korean church in Los Angeles, if they had an English-speaking coworker, they couldn't bring them to their Korean-speaking church. It was a challenge for them. And they're so missional in their mindset that they said, when we move, we are going to find an English-speaking church that we can specifically find where we would feel comfortable bringing our lost coworkers, lost friends, and lost family to that they could encounter God. And they begin to look online and do research, and, and then they would come to Authentic Church. And they would actually interview me in my living room to be their pastor. It was, an, it was a job interview. <laughs> and they had a list of questions that their pastor gave them, so wise. And we sat down and we talked, and they felt this is where God is planting us. And then obviously you saw today, Hannah was blessing us with playing keys, and every time she plays the keys, I'm, I'm like, the angels just showed up. I know that the angels are here when, planet, when Hannah plays because I'm like, there's no other place on the planet they'd rather be but sitting around listening to Hannah play on the keys. And then this past week, Hannah took a stand. She, she didn't want to just sit by and watch what's going on in the school system. She actually wanted to take a stand. Even though her son is too young to go to school, she went and took a stand at the Orange County School Board. Standing up for families and kids and rights and some of the craziness that's going on. Spoke from her heart. She had one minute and she used it so wisely and so eloquent. So blessed. I'm so proud of you. Let me tell you another story. I want to introduce you to Kat. Some of you know Kat. You've met her. Kat helps with our video and photography. She's amazing. And with Kat, you know what you wouldn't know about it, behind this incredible smile she had an incredible family growing up until the recession hit in 2008. Her dad made some poor choices business-wise and began to outspend what he earned. Never a good idea. And over time, his spending and habits would lead to alcoholism and drinking horribly, and he would end up leaving his family, and he walked out on his wife and his daughters, and Kat suddenly had no dad, no dad around. Hurt, frustrated, bitter, she got into partying at too young of an age, did some things that she would regret and was filled with shame and was going, what am I doing with my life? But there was a hunger. There was something inside of her that was saying, I'm crying out for God and there has to be a God and I need to find him. There was a driving and maybe you're here today and you've experienced a similar driving force. She grew up Catholic, but for, she just didn't feel connected when she went back to the Catholic church. And so she was looking for another church and she ended up finding authentic church while doing one of those crazy deep dives on Instagram and wormholes. And suddenly we just kept coming back up and back up and back up in her feed where she just took it as, okay, it's a sign from God. So she came to church on a Sunday and that Sunday we were actually having baptisms. And during the, the, the announcement for baptisms, she's here. She goes, I got to go all in for Jesus. I'm going to do it. I'm just going to get baptized right now. So on her first Sunday here, not knowing anybody, she walked in and was walking baptized on that Sunday in August. Can I tell you another story? This is Kellen. A lot of you know Kellen, obviously. Kellen was raised in a Christian home. She accepted Jesus in her heart at five years, but the pain of her dad passing away when she was just one and a half, coupled with her mom's second marriage that was pretty rocky, began to fray the fabric of her family. They moved a lot growing up. There was lots of instability. Her siblings struggled, and Kellen became what she described as a people-pleasing, anxious mess. Her first addiction, the world's approval. 
This led to choosing some unhealthy relationships, striving for unattainable perfection, drowning in shame, guilt, and quieting her heart and mind through alcohol. After high school, she would end up on the campus of Vanguard University. She would go to school here. She would have some God encounters here. And she would leave here and go into uh, her career path and her, her, her practice. But that God encounter continued to mark her. And she would grow, and in the midst of COVID, she began serving as a physician's assistant specializing in vascular surgery on the front lines of some of the craziness that was going on during that time. In a tough season, Kellen began started, she began seeing a Christian counselor. Shout out to you, Christian counselors in the room. And during that time, she asked the Christian counselor, what should I do? And the Christian counselor said, you need to get into a good community. I'm going to give you the names of three different churches. I want you to pick one, and I want you to go there. Well, one of the churches she picked was Authentic Church. And she showed up here and kind of one foot in, kind of wading into the pool of Authentic Church, so to speak. And then it was on a Wednesday night, a pursuit night. That particular night, we were leading worship, and Carol was singing songs, and worship was filling the room, and God encounters were happening, and we had set up, unbeknownst to anybody, we just set the baptism tank up. We just felt the word of the Lord that somebody wanted to be baptized tonight, Kellen. So she walked in on a pursuit night, encountered God powerfully. Shame broke off of her. Alcoholism broke off of her. Addiction broke off of her, and she found life in Christ. Last one, the Murray family, the Murrays. Ryan with that big beastly sexy beard that he shaved off. The Murray family, you know, Ryan grew up Catholic so he could relate to me, recovering Catholic. And he grew up Catholic and he, he had set a goal in 2022. He said, you know what? I'm going to get my family back in church. I, I, I don't know how, but I'm just feeling a stirring. And so he would write goals and he would actually write down declarations attached to those goals because he's a successful person and he's driven. So he had this declaration and one of his declarations is my family will attend church together this year. Problem. Ryan's married to an atheist at the time who mocks God. He would go to church by himself, and I can remember it like it was yesterday. We got done with the word, and we had prayer time, and up to the front came this guy with this beard, and he came up here, and he began to crumble and cry in the presence of God, feeling a release of pain and shame on his life, feeling forgiveness and the love of God like he had never encountered before. He would leave that day, and in his mind, he's like, I'm not going back. Everybody saw me do that. I don't think I can walk into this place again. But then he would come back, and he wouldn't come alone. This time, he would bring his, his daughter and his, and his sons with him, and they would all begin coming to church. And then Easter, Easter 2022, his wife finally said yes to the multiple invitations that he had given. Will you come to church with us? Would you come to church? The kids were saying, Mom, you really need to come to church. And she would come on Easter Sunday, still a little bit skeptical, but warming up to the idea of God. She would go to women's events. She would meet God, and she would meet God through you. And what you bring to the table when you gather together, that's why it's so critical to come together every single Sunday. This, the writer of Hebrews said, don't forsake gathering together. Why? Because when you gather, you don't know what you're doing in the life of somebody else. And she would, be again, she would begin to encounter God and encounter God through you. And then in August of 2022, they said, enough is enough. We're going to get serious about this Jesus thing. And they went all in, and they were both water baptized in August 2022. But it doesn't stop there, because the fire of God, if it hits you, it touches those around you. In 2023, as we led out of our Easter Sunday sermon and went into water baptisms, Ryan and April that you see here baptized their whole family. Their two sons and their daughter. 
still believing for the other son. He's going to get water baptized. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Because you love God, because you love people, because you understood the foundational principles of what Christ was sharing about, loving God and loving people, people have walked into this atmosphere and encountered him in a real way. I'm going to ask the, the band to join me at the front and just play softly, if you will. Here's my prayer for us today, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 5. My prayer is this, church, may the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. May he direct you. May he direct you. Today, I want to invite you to join a serve team. It's a very practical thing. I'm a practical guy. I think God is a practical God. One of the ways that we're loving people is by serving them. And at Authentic Church, we have serve teams. We have people that gather here early on a Sunday morning. Every chair that you're sitting in right now was prayed over by somebody this morning. We go through and we pray over every pew that that person who sits in it would have a God encounter. Some got here early and they set up cameras. Some brought their skills and their gifts and talents with worship. Others helping and serving in kids ministry and greeting and signage and what have you. And I'm asking you, would you help us? Would you help us reach people? If you go to Authentic Church or you call this church your home and you're not serving yet, would you just do me a favor? Would you scan this QR code? On the QR code, it's going to take you to a link where you can sign up for different areas to serve. We're not going to put you on the schedule right away. We're going to have a conversation with you. It's just a conversation. But if, if you're not serving and you'd like to get involved, I just want to ask everybody just to scan that. If you just do me a favor, just scan that right now. Just take your phones out and just scan this right now. And you'll see a menu of different places where you can serve in. The next thing I want to encourage you to do you were all given one of these invite cards in your bulletin today. I want to encourage you to invite somebody to church. I want you to invite somebody into a God encounter. On the backhand side, there's a QR code. They can scan it. They can, they can set it up. They'll get reminders. They'll get the directions that'll lead them directly to this place here on the campus. I want to encourage everybody in here today to invite someone to church. Romans 10, 9 says this, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. When we gather together, it's an opportunity for us to, to live out Psalm 66, verse 5, that says this, come and see the incredible things God has done. It'll take your breath away. He multiplies miracles for his people. Why do we live this out? Why are we loving God? Why are we serving people? Because like my pastor says, Dave Patterson, he says this, life is short, eternity is real, and people matter most. There's a lot of things we can do, but there are a few things that God is calling us to do. And we're just getting started. We're just getting started, church. So I have three questions today. As we close out, three questions that I want to ask you to pray into. Number one, ask the Holy Spirit, where are you asking me to serve? Just ask him, Lord, where are you asking me to serve? Where do you want me to serve? Where could my gifts, talents, but where, where would you like me to serve? And the second thing I want to ask you to do is to pray and ask who, God, are you prompting me to invite? Every one of you were an invitation at some point, whether it was online or in person. You're an invitation. You, 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 you were just an empty chair that we prayed over, knowing that God would encounter you at some point. There's somebody that you work with, there's a family member, there's people you do life with that may not have a relationship with Jesus. I don't know how much time they have. Are we living in light of eternity? Are we making the most of those opportunities? Invite them to church that they might have a moment. You know, three times a year here at Authentic Church, uh, we have a special offering. 
we only do three offerings a year. You guys are so faithful in your giving and your tithing, but three times a year specifically, we do an offering. And it, it models after what God did with the children of Israel. There was a pattern that you saw in scripture where God told the men, he said, I want you to come three times a year and present yourself. And it was a reminder to the men of who God was. And it was a time for the men to get right with God again. And every time they came three times a year, they all brought an offering that was holy and pleasing to the Lord. So our first offering that we do in the year is January. That goes to Israel. The last offering we do in the year is in December. That's what we call our legacy offering. Those are things that we feel like God's calling us to reach for in the next year. But in the month of September, it's a, it's a thank offering. It's a time where we just say, God, I'm so grateful and thankful for what you're doing in this house and what you've done in my heart. God, it's my joy. It's my, it's my honor to bless you. And so we're going to have a time of, of offering. So the last, the last thing is just asking God, what, what would you have me so? Here at Authentic Church, there's no arm twisting. There's no manipulation. There's no, I hate that's the kind of stuff. All we do is we pray and we obey. That's it. Whether you're a junior high or a high schooler or a college student or a family here, our lifestyle as a Christian is that we pray and we obey. So Lord, we come before you and we ask you, God, God, would you speak to us in these three areas? God, would you show us? God, show us where to serve. Show us what areas that we could serve in, God. God, I pray that you would show us somebody that we could invite, somebody that does not know Christ, that needs an encounter with you. And God, I pray that you would speak to us, show us what we should sow today. What offering could we bring that would be pleasing and acceptable in your sight? If you'd like to give, I think it's there's something in your, your bulletin there, an offering, something. There's a QR code. You could scan it as well. That'll lead you to a giving page. And all you do is just select the anniversary offering. Oh, one thing that I forgot to tell you is for those of you that are signing up for a serve team, there's an organization called A21. And if you're signing up for a serve team, we, we will make a $10 donation in your honor to them as thanking you for saying yes to serving this house. We're going to pray a blessing and send that out to them. And they're fighting human trafficking and abolishing slavery. We'd be honored to do that in your honor. Well, why don't we stand today as we close out our three years? I want to pray a prayer, a declaration over you on our three-year anniversary. And I want you to join with me in declaring this. This is not um, a classic prayer of benediction like we do a lot of times to close out our Sunday mornings. This is a prayer of declaration. We are putting a stake in the ground on our anniversary date, and we're believing for more people like the Murray family to encounter God, more families like Min and Hannah that were on mission looking for a good church to come and encounter God here, praying for more people like Kat who needed to experience freedom and community in this place, looking for more people like Kellen, that we are putting a stake in the ground saying, Lord, if you you can use anyone, use us. If you could choose any church, choose this one to have your glory dwell. And so God, today we make a declaration. I thank you, Lord, that you changed the world with 120 people that were gathered together in an upper room in unity. A group of people who loved each other, they served each other, a budding community that would pray together, give together, and serve together. In Jesus' name, I declare that Orange County belongs to the Lord. I plead the blood of Jesus over the door frames of homes, schools, government buildings, office complexes, every beach, every hospital, every medical facility, every street, every highway and every byway, every restaurant, every entertainment venue and every mall. This place belongs to the Lord. We don't have to curse the darkness. We will light it up with the fire of the Holy Spirit, our love for God and our love for people.
I declare in the name of Jesus a revival in prayer and holiness in the church that leads to salvation in the streets. I declare that our best days are ahead of us. The mountains and the valleys that we've gone through have prepared us for what the future holds. I declare salvations, baptisms, and a mighty move of the Holy Spirit. That there would be such a mighty move that people would pull their cars over to the side of the road because the presence of God overwhelms them. I declare the lame will walk. The blind eyes will be opened. Those that are sick in hospital beds will rise up because there's healing in the house and healing in this region. Healing not just to broken bodies, but to broken lives, that they will be restored. Families healed. Anxiety and depression will be at an all-time low in Orange County in Jesus' name. Faith, hope, and love will be at an all-time high. I declare that we are entering into a season of joy where we will laugh at the days to come as the Lord makes his enemies a footstool before our eyes. I declare a move of God in Orange County, California, and America. May the churches be filled with sold-out disciples of Christ who worship with wild abandonment, serve with wild compassion, give with wild generosity, and live a life of holiness as one who has been redeemed. In the name of Jesus, I declare this over our house, over your house, and over this region. And I echo the words of Paul to the Ephesian church when he said this, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we could ask or think according to the power that works within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen and amen. Can we give God praise today? For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com.